0: G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast, where the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and tonight I'm joined by Checkers. How are you, mate? Good to be back. Great. Fantastic to be here. Yeah, pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah, after the, after the weekend, yeah, called back. So, so for those who uh, missed it or didn't hear about it, we did a, uh, a live show uh, on the weekend. So that was at the Highway in Adelaide. Um, before the traders uh slash dt talk show so good fun that one checkers how do you feel up on stage talking about afl fantasy
1: um yeah just, <laughs> let's be honest i played for four five gigs on the weekend Jesus. and i was thinking about it my last one i was like the biggest crowd i was in front of this weekend was at the highway <laughs> talking about fantasy football <laughs> so there was so, probably probably about 150 maybe 200 people yeah it was a full beer garden and uh, yeah packed out real early as well so it was a lot of people were interested to hear what you had to say. You did a really good job. So uh, oh, yeah. so did you? Thanks.
0: Yeah. Um. now it's good to have you on stage. And yeah, we had uh, Louis up there with us, uh, Tommy Wyman from uh, uh, Rookie Me Central, and now the keeper, League, I guess. And uh, Dossie absolutely Dossie stole the show. It. Yeah. So highlight probably the most nervous man beforehand, yeah. and just walks up with like swagger that you've just like never seen before. Sunglasses and, on. Yeah, exactly. The fake <laughs> AFL fantasy hat. Um. And yeah. Pretty much, uh, yeah, played his part perfectly. His new song came out. We won't give too much away because I think he wants to have the exclusive on his Twitter Still handle. have got a standing ovation at the end of the song. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, so you guys can all wait until see what uh, uh, what player he's chosen to destroy for this year. But uh, you might be pleasantly surprised on this one. So no, it was a real good, real <laughs> good day out. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna get stuck into the show. So on the weekend, we saw a heap of match simulations. Uh, what did you take out of it? Checkers. Anything really
1: relevant? What do you think? I don't know, like like I said before, I just had a heap of gigs on the weekend, so I actually rewatched <laughs> six, six games last night. Yep. Um, I had them on at work throughout the week and like had them on my phone side of the decks while I was playing and whatnot, but awesome. couldn't really like tune in too heavily. Yeah. So, yeah, last night I rewatched them all, and probably the major takeout was the coverage and the commentary oh was terrible. Goodness. Yeah, some of those oh. <laughs> games. One where they're like, I think it was a Sydney, Sydney, Brisbane, game. Brisbane. They had water getting the microphones. Oh, is that what happened? And um, they had to wait for them to dry out. So, as the game went on, the <laughs> Static got a little bit better, but geez, the first quarter was almost unbearable. I watched it on mute yeah, and yeah. it was hard to follow a practice game on mute because you can't pick up yeah. who's who. Because <laughs> like the f- camera work's so bad, you can't really see who's who. you got the so these to kind of out there, who it yeah. Is. yeah. And I yeah. think it was uh, North Richmond when I finished off the Savo. Half the yep. ground was cut off by where the camera was set up. They had construction work. Yeah, I saw that one actually. So for a lot of the game, the commentators were speaking, but you couldn't see where the ball was. Fremantle Crows had a lot of static. Yeah, no, it was uh, hopefully a little bit better this
0: week. (laughs) And I've noticed... I think it was Michael Barlow, Will Schofield, and Xavier Ellis all have the same voice, I'm pretty sure. So, they all talk the exact same way. So, I wasn't actually sure who was commentating all the weekend. Pretty sure it was mainly Barlow and one Will Schofield, but it could have been Xavier Ellis. I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, there was some actual footy played. So, we'll get into uh, some of the hotter topics from the weekend. Um, I actually watched seven out of eight games. I say seven out of eight games. Some I switched off after all the rezies came on and the, the fifth quarter stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't watch like the that. second and, halves because yeah. they were
1: mostly the VFL, Sanford, full yeah sort of setups yeah there were um, some kind of players that lingered
0: over but yeah it was very much hard to get anything real out of it given that i mean by yeah, second halves i watched the first four quarters because a lot of the games are eight quarter games so yeah, yeah correct yeah so we'll get stuck in what we saw of those uh, in the main parts that we watched anyway so apologies if we missed some of the late happenings but they're probably not going to be that relevant anyway we'll start with hawthorne versus geelong um well i'll just i'll just go through what i saw checkers and then i'll get you just comment on a on whatever you think uh, is relevant so um the first thing, I guess, the biggest talking point probably at the weekend, or well, one of the biggest talking points, was Will Day, um, just bulk. Oh, he had fifty percent, I think, in the end of CBA's, and just looked classy out there. Really, what I don't know if he would have got a heap of it and scored highly, but when he did get it, he was influential, and it felt like Newcomb um, was like your yeah, in and under type player. Finn McGuinness was doing a lot of tagging, like type of accountable roles, and Will Phillip just looked like that kind of guy you distributed out to, who looked like a bit classier. What day? Yeah, sorry, yeah. No,
1: you're right. He, yeah, he had most of the CBA's. Um, and yeah, I just noted that he kicked the ball a lot. He was a lot quicker than I thought because um, when he was drafted, he was drafted as like a halfback flanker. And I didn't think he had the pace to play in the midfield, but he's got like height and pace. It was a good mix to add to that Hawthorne midfield because like Newcomb's not massive. Warpool's not massive. So yeah, they, I think Day is 189 centimetres. And you just notice that sort of like a bigger body, even though he's not very thick, just that that height factor.
2: Yeah, made a him a bigger body, body
1: in the midfield. Um, and yeah, I thought he racked up a fair bit of the ball. I put in my notes. He has a lot of like Isaac Smith about him. Just skinny, tall, um, runs all day. Like he's got a massive tank, um, and he's actually quite quick. So great ball use. So yeah, I've definitely put him well up my list yeah. after watching that game. The only, um, oh, I'm, I'm obviously salty because I traded him the K's. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: it was last December or last, or maybe really early January. Oh, I thought he was going to be a winger and just irrelevant. You know, dime a dozen type player. Gill on midfield. The one thing I will say is like we saw Dylan Moore not get one CBA. We saw Carl Amon not get a CBA after getting a heap at Port Adelaide and probably being one of their more
1: senior midfielders. And then Wingard. I expected Wingard yeah, had a Wingard few as well. Played- Predominantly forward, yeah. so I don't don't know if that's going to be his role year. Yeah, he might warm into the midfield a bit later on in the year. But
0: I, this week, this weekend, will be telling. Us. I suspect there might have just been like a bit of a just a trial of a few different people, or just giving extended minutes to a few people. But yeah, wait and see what happens this weekend. But yeah, warpole was another one that was in there. Um, so James Warple that is heaps of CBAs as well, and got a fair bit of it. He just can't kick. He's terrible. Yeah, so terrible I just, ball use. I yeah. just don't know whether he's going to be that grunt player, and they're going to allow him some freedom to be a bit shit with the ball. Or he's just not going to be in the best twenty-two. But when you go through their midfield, there is not much there. So I really don't know where
1: he's at. What are your thoughts on Warple? Uh yeah, I just I just know he's terrible, terrible with the ball <laughs> yeah. use. Um, I didn't he didn't find as much ball as I thought he would. Like they've tracked him as a massive preseason. It was just a pretty standard games is what we would have expected from him last year in the team. Yeah, like it wasn't back to those early days when he was racking up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. See it again, give another chance.
2: Yeah, bro.
0: we'll look at it this weekend. But yeah, I don't know if he's got into was good books after this weekend, that's for sure. Um, it's judging by how he was treated last season anyway. Um, some One of the rookies, Josh Weddle, I just noticed he got a run on the wing but didn't really do too much. Just touched on Finn McGuinness before. Had a heap of CBAs, but it was more of like yeah, a tagging role. I didn't realise he's only 22 though. He looks like a player that they actually want to get in the midfield judging the last two and a bit years. They've he's actually been tried on a loose for a
1: couple of years now. He's had yeah. like a good crack. They talk about... He always wins the, the running in the preseason yeah. and stuff. So, like, massive running tank. But, yeah, he's never been a massive accumulator. Yeah. Even his junior days wasn't, like, racking up a lot of the ball. So, I don't know if it's overly fairness relevant.
0: Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just I thought it was... I don't know, when they, when they stick a player into the tag, they could be learning the craft a little bit. But I think also as well, he's actually just good at running with players too. So not much to take out of it. I just noticed he was really high up in the CBA count. Um, Bramble had a lot of the kick-ins for Hawthorne, I noticed. So he's just one to watch this weekend. Um, James Sicily was kind of everywhere as well, taking a heap of marks, but he was the uh, the main kick-in candidate uh, Bramble was. So just there could be a few cheap stats coming that way. Big talking point, been tagging Ks and a few things over the weekend. Um, obviously, I am a big Ned Reeves man. And he is the Lloyd Meek man. And uh, Ned Reeves, he had the 73% of the CBAs, I think. And uh, Meek had the rest of them, which was in the teens. So my take on it was Reeves uh, looked, oh, sorry, Meek looked like the better forward of the two. Just look more mobile, could get on a lead, take a grab. There was, they would was start for opportunity, but there was a couple of times where actually got on the lead to a grab out in front. Whereas like Reeves is a bit more of a bombing on head type operator given his size. Yeah, and I just definitely don't think agree it suited the way that Hawthorne wanted to play. So I think we might find at least why um, oh, Mitch Lewis is out. I think we might find uh, meat playing a bit more forward, spending more time forward. But then again, who knows? Like this weekend, they could just swap it over and test it the other way. So, um, I think they're playing down in Tassie against Collingwood. I think so. We will have to see
1: what happens. That'll be the interesting one because Collingwood have quite a good tall defensive oh, unit, so it'll yep. really put those forwards to test. We, you know, see who's the better forward craft and stuff. They got really good key defenders. So yeah, absolutely. Just touching on a few more. Um,
0: yeah, Fergus Green. He looked pretty good, but I just don't think his fantasy output's going to be high. But he was a, a mature age recruit this season and conor mcdonald would just kind of continue what he did last year on the wing again wouldn't have scored huge but just good to see him in that midfield mix um moving on to geelong uh jack Bowes absolutely racked it up and he only um, played
1: was it the first half yeah that's oh, right yeah but he was yeah in the midfield and racking up here for like kick, kicks like cross what do they call them switching across the ground a lot so yeah. Also, yeah well he actually he started forward that was the crazy
0: part and i think he only had two cbas for the game but he did push up the ground, like, kind of in between the two arcs type thing. So, um, yeah, pretty impressive debut from him. A lot of players missing, though, and yeah, a lot of players set out the game as well. So, interesting to see how that one makes up. But uh, if you're a Jack Bowes owner, you would definitely be uh, pretty happy with that start anyway. And probably the biggest talking point, uh, one of the biggest talking points of this game was Tanner Bruin. Um, CBA's like galore Played most of the game where a lot of the other midfielders kind of, you know, jumped out. Um, but yeah, did some really nice things in the middle. Probably best on ground for Geelong as well. Does that does that surprise you a little bit? I think Louis uh, last year
1: wasn't pretty yeah, I think we were, keen, yeah. I really liked what we did at WS. Like I definitely had him earmarked for like big things and I stashed him in a few keeper leagues um, because he just reminds me a little bit of like a young Lockie Whitfield. Like he's got a really good running carry at times and he's just that outside sort of run Really sparked me early days at GBS. so I've had him like highlighted for you know two two years now um but yeah when he was along you sort of get concerned because they've kind of coming into the premiers like yeah. top side you're just where do you fit in there as a young kid and if we didn't expect to see him see that many CBAs and expect to see him play the whole game or you know like but he did well so yeah I mean they're only playing Hawthorne and we've just said before Hawthorne have a very inexperienced midfield yeah probably one of the more inexperienced midfields in the whole comp so so I'd like to see it tested a little bit harder like you know coming yeah, up against exactly, a better yeah. engine room but yeah
0: yeah, not bad signs there for sure. Um, just one thing I noticed, early Menegola was racking it up. His value is probably at an all-time low, I reckon. And I'm not sure if he's actually in their best 22, but he didn't really take a step backwards on the weekend anyway. So he did okay for when he was there. I just think he might be someone you could pick up like really, really late in your drafts. So he might provide values um, depending on injuries and things like that in Geelong. And uh, role changes, Osaba Radigalia. radicalia. Down yeah, back Radical um, Lear
1: down back And Jack Henry up forward That's right Intercepting a lot uh he, he Lear had a, um, He had a very like A Lear Lear type role Like he was getting free a lot Yeah And just hitting every contest That came into the Like forward 50 I think he had three intercept marks In like the first 10 minutes yeah, of the did. game Yeah The thing is like is
0: he, is he best 22 still If that's his role Like their defensive unit Does seem kind of set
1: but I don't and know. I feel like um, Jack Henry was only playing up forward because Hawkins was missing. Yeah, that's true. So they were using a fair bit of height up, like lacking height down there because Cameron's not the biggest body as well. Yeah. So they were using Jack Henry, Ollie Henry. They hit the scoreboard pretty well, played a good game, but I don't think that's going to be the case. So I think Jack will go back once Hawkins is back in the team. So Yeah. You got to take these kind of games with a pinch of salt, I guess. Was there anything else you saw in the game? Uh, the standout for me was Ollie Dempsey. Um, and I had knew nothing about him. I didn't even know who he was. Yeah, right. At first, I thought he was either Zach Guthrie or <laughs> Sam DeConning because he's got the long blonde hair <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I actually had to look him up, like after about five minutes of the game, because he was just doing all sorts. Like he just had so much X factor, yeah, around the ball. So I looked him up. He's from the rookie draft. He he debuted last year and he was pretty impressive, I reckon. But playing more, yeah, of a he, he forward played role. a couple games, yeah. I think. But he's yeah, he got the long blonde hair like the rest of the Geelong unit, yeah. Um, yeah. And he just Fits he in. was just doing some crazy things. Like he was around the goals, taking snaps at goal. He was you know linking up a lot. Yeah, I just saw this guy's crazy. I looked into his stats. So he finished the VFL year last year. It was a twenty nine disposal game and he scored one hundred and thirty in. Yeah. And averaged seventy one for the year yeah, right. in the VFL. So just I just one that was completely off my radar. I didn't expect it. I didn't know who he was. Like I didn't <laughs> didn't even correlate. I mean must would have heard the name, you know, two years ago or whatever. I had yeah. no idea he was on the list or who he was. So yeah, just f- Put a little mark next to him as maybe like a potential rookie bolter that we could you know look at, but yeah, yeah. Zach Guthrie looked nice. He finished the year pretty strong last year. I know Dossie's is pretty hot on him. So the Zote he calls him. Yeah, no, he was just doing general Zach Guthrie things. So yeah. yeah, other than that, what you've covered is yeah, it's bang on. Jack Bowes look good. Yeah,
0: I'm keen to see him this weekend. I'm hoping a few more of the players actually play full games so we can get a better look at what their makeups going to be. But uh, yeah, Geelong are going to be interesting to see how they go this year, backing up that flag. Uh, Next game, Gold Coast versus Essendon. I don't know how much we can take out of this game because it felt like neither team tried at the same time. I felt like one side had their best side on early and the other side was easing it in and it kind of
1: merged somewhere in the middle where it was quite competitive in the There's second such quarter. such an awkward game to watch then, as yeah. well because they played on like a local footy ground. Yeah, in like, like it, sunset as well. Yeah, like. like out of one of the... Yeah. It was one of the weirdest games to watch and just pick up things. You couldn't really see the Guernsey numbers because of the sunset. Yeah. Couldn't really... And the camera view was so far away. I don't know. It was just hard well. to, to watch and follow. Well, I hope I got some of these things right and I didn't just like... Yeah,
0: the, the camera blur wasn't, uh, you know, making my eyes see things, but... The first thing I noticed Was Sam Flanders A lot of preseason hype. Um, He was really good up forward um, Did spend a little bit of time
1: On the wing And a couple CBAs In there as well But predominantly forward Don't you reckon Yeah he was like um, Very strong up forward He reminded me of Ale- When Alex Sexton Had that massive year The other year And was just like Kicking bags of goals Small coming forward But can also play tall He was quite a big body And, yeah, he was just hitting hitting packs, taking contested marks, but also crumbing. So, yeah, pretty impressive sort of game. I don't think he'll see much midfield time. I don't think he'll pump out tons. But, yeah, he's probably in a lot of waivers at the moment as well because he hasn't had much scoring history.
2: Yeah, he
0: might be there in a few draft pools, that's for sure. Um, I guess uh, Charlie Constable, we'll we'll just talk about the halfback line. I guess there's a lot of holes to fill um, this year. Constable looked, um, yeah, pretty comfortable back there. So he could be a round one starter. Do you think with like power coming back, Weller coming back, do you just feel like if you pick up one of these guys, you're only going to have him for six, five, six weeks or so?
1: Yeah. I mean, has had one of the unluckiest careers of all time. He just can't get a good run at it. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see him just have five games in a row of like 25 plus touches and just lock his spot down. But it's going to be hard, a bit harder off the halfback flank. He played a good game. He's getting lots of the ball. All he needs is game time. And it's just like, like you said, those guys coming back, is he going to keep getting game time? Like,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think he probably, I think he probably, goes pretty close to putting his hand up for
1: round one he probably yeah i'd say he plays round one but there is a lot to come back into that gold coast side from injury so
2: yeah
0: another one i guess on that half back line i didn't really expect was darcy mcpherson um looked pretty comfortable back there as well Now he's played so many different roles over the years but if he can lock down a half back line he could be pretty fruitful back there because he kind of plays the right game for it it's just again the exact same thing when everyone's fit and back does he hold a spot there? Does he move forward and become irrelevant again? Like who knows with him? So just one to flag that it might be value early, but I wouldn't be expecting anything long-term into the kind of midfield mix. Uh, Elijah Holland was used on the wing a lot. So he will continue that role. Just Wings just tend to get skipped a bit these days um, in terms of the fast movement of the ball. So he's just one I kind of, I like the look of him, but I think we might be waiting for a while if he can somehow move inside or something like that. I don't know. They seem to pigeonhole him into a wing though. So I'm just not sure how he will go in the future. Um, Alex Davies had a lot of midfield time um, from the naked eye anyway. And so did like Bailey Humphrey, I think, plays like a similar type
1: role, like forward mid. Um, yeah, Bailey three. Humphrey, I think he had a couple of shots at goal. Yeah. But he's quite like a bigger body. Like he could play yeah. a lot of footy this year. He's yeah. quite quite thick for a first year player. I
0: think those two might be competing for a spot this year. But yeah, I, I mean, think- they didn't
1: have Miller, took Miller on the side. So yeah, it was true. like, yeah. who is a contested Ball winner as well, so I'd love to see them all on the same team. Yeah, I think Davies did nothing wrong, I don't think, on this game either. So, he could be someone up
0: there. I think he's got forward status again this season. So, if he can get a bit more of an extended midfield run, um, yeah, could be a little sneaky late pick up there. Um, And Ned Moyle, really, he held his own in the ruck, but I think which is still going to be clear number one. But what's your take on Ned Moyle's
2: game?
1: Yeah, Ned Moyle has a really juicy mullet. So, (laughs) he just stood out straight away. He's a big, lanky sort of bloke. And I know just from speaking to a few of the Gold Coast boys over the years that he's quite a bit of a cult hero down there. Like they yeah, love okay. him within the club. Like they think he's just he's funny. Like whenever they do those interviews, like who's the funniest teammate? He's always brought up. Like <laughs> nice. He's a bit quirky. Um, he's got the big mullet, big tall bloke. And I just think he can be a real like cult figure going forward. A bit like how Essendon tran- um, did that transfer from like Bell Chambers to Draper. Yeah. So I don't know if Witt's – You know, he obviously had a few injury over his time, and uh, whether he's going to finish up early and. Moyle gets a bit more of a crack at it this year, but yeah, I don't know. He just looked a bit slow at times. He hasn't got much match, yeah, match experience. So I just definitely. a bit sim- very similar to Sam Draper early days, like has a bit of raw X factor to him, does some nice things, moves quite well around the ground. Like Draper's quite athletic and Moyle's quite athletic, but they just he just lacked that like experience that you see in the bigger bodied rucks.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, you know, so you've got Licocious. Um, What do you make of his game? He's playing forward. Playing up forward. There yeah. was no Ben King in the side. Um, they actually the commentators said on it at one point it was Casbolt, uh, Choll and Locotius and they all sort of high-fived after a goal and yeah. the commentators were like this will likely be the the starting six of the who else is up there. But for round one... Yeah. So, they were the three tools. So, I'd be interested... I think he's going to play forward time. He said it in the media a fair bit this year. Don't know what that does for his scoring, but he's only going to natural improve as, you know, a first-round draft pick, pick two.
0: Yeah. It's not going to be as fruitful as playing on halfback. No, the he's not, he
1: averaged in the high 80s a few years ago. I don't yeah. think we'll see that. But, you know, maybe... 70s. Could be a very handy like Tim Membry type mid-size forward who gets a bit of the ball up the ground. He's going to be a gun in real football, that's the thing Yeah, like.
0: So hopefully it can translate to fantasy uh, over the years. Uh, Moving on to the Bombers. um, Jai Culver played outside of the midfield, a bit on the wing a bit more. So that's just interesting to note. I kind of like him better there than I like him as a tagger. So he might be a little bit better. like you know. There's a chance of him averaging, say, 80 um, in that role as opposed to play, probably playing a tagging accountable role as he did at the end of last season. So just something to keep our eyes on this weekend. Will Setterfield was given a decent run in the midfield. In, in your notes here, you noticed that Dylan Shiel, um wasn't in the midfield uh, rotation as much.
1: No, I think I looked at the CBA just before, um, after watching the game, and Setterfield was like 70% and Shields was maybe like 40%. Yeah. Do you think that's going
0: to continue going forward?
1: Um, I don't know whether they just liked a bit of height because Zach Merritt's not the tallest yeah. and um, Parrish isn't the tallest. Huge, yeah. And yeah, they just maybe wanted to try that height through the midfield. It's something they haven't had. And I mean, they used to chuck Stringer through the midfield a little bit. Obviously, he's injured. Yeah. Don't know whether they just wanted to try Setterfield. He could have also been tagging. I couldn't really pick it up on the coverage. It was so hard to follow. But yeah, I mean, we know what Setterfield's capable of. He well, just we saw it at the end of last year. has played so many midfield. different roles over his years. But, yeah.
0: yeah. Um Archie Perkins, he looked real classy. Didn't No, he's um, another one who spent a fair bit of time in the midfield. Yeah, didn't get huge midfield numbers, but it was, it was that perfect balance of like midfield and forward that you really wanted for him to maintain your forward status. Um, but just looks like he probably could score anywhere on the ground, you know, playing either like... When he plays 40, he does push up pretty high. He does push up to the contest as well. That kind of plays as a fifth midfielder when he's not in there. And then sometimes gets into that rotation where he gets a few CBAs. Definitely saw a few more centre bounces, uh, centre bounce attendances in the back end of last year. So, yeah, he's one I really like. As a forward this year, there's a real breakout potential there and just might even overtake a few of their more senior players as well this season. So, he's one I really like. Um, what'd you make of um, Massimo D'Ambrosio?
1: Um, I really liked him At the back end of last year He's got one of the best legs In the AFL Yeah it's so underrated Um, And he's just just so good At like picking the play Out of half back He's playing a bit further Up the ground this year Yeah playing more forward I think he's listed as a forward In fantasy this year Yeah I saw him him sort of like On the wing a fair bit Yeah Um, But yeah every time He had the ball in his hands He just picked out players And he's so good at like That long 50 metre accurate kick Yeah he does have a good leg It's
0: just I hope he plays Off that half back And not up forward That's the uh, issue Um, Cole Langford still getting some time on the wing and he's lifted as a forward so I just thought that was interesting because we kind of um, talked about that um, uh, Warney and I talked about that in the preseason season podcasts um, the team analysis podcasts about what his role might be and yeah look to like still perhaps be on the wing um, with Nick Martin kind of on there as well um, along with a few others but yeah as, as a forward option he might be pretty handy um, someone who's going to slide a bit in drafts I think as well John Menzi was a player that looked good. He impressed me out there. I just don't think he's going to be a big scorer in his role. He's a
1: real burst player. Yeah. Um, and especially with that, the new sub rule and how it's, that's going to work, he could be a bit dangerous with the, just coming on in the last quarter. Yeah. Um, because he is the sort of guy who can kick like three goals in three minutes. And he's very, like a bit like a Ratio Fantasia, just fades in and out of games, but very snappy when he's on. Yeah. So. What did you make of the uh, the Ruck situation with Essendon? Like,
0: so, who's looking like number one Ruck? Do you think they Draper's still in split front?
1: It, split it between everyone. It was real crook, actually. I thought Draper, all pre-season, I've been sort of snagging Draper in a lot of drafts thinking he's ready to take that next step. But Draper only played the, I think it was like the second half. Yeah. Um, And they used Phillips in the I think it was about a 30-30-30 split, almost like. Yeah. Um, But It it? Phillips played most of the first half and then Brian sort of did most of the backup rucking. Yeah. And Draper played the second half. And I was just like, why is Andrew Phillips... In the mix, I would have just if I was Brad Scott, just with Sam Draper as your number one, being so young and such a next factor, and have Nick Bryan as your number two coming through. I just didn't, couldn't really work it out. Maybe it was just because it was a practice game. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it just gave us no indication as to who like how, but really how
0: Draper's gonna. We all want to know how Draper's gonna go, and it really gave us no. Further I didn't indication. think he was
1: carrying an injury. I haven't seen yeah. anything. He's been at training. Like I just do not know why they warmed him into half a game. He could have easily played a full one, but yeah, I don't who know. knows what was going on.
0: Anyways, uh, I don't think anything. we've covered everything for that game. We'll move on to North Melbourne versus Richmond. Um, start with North Melbourne. The big one, uh, Cam Zerha, basically midfield the whole game. Cunnington
1: didn't play. But what do you make of that? Um, he's still going to be needed up forward. Like, he's, yeah. he's too good up forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, we, he has that dusty mould to him as well where he can be used as such a clearance player. Like he's so, such a bull yeah, around yeah. the ball. So Absolutely. he can be used for just like spurts in the midfield just to win clearances. We might just see a bit more of him in the midfield. We have yeah. seen him in the past.
0: We've seen him on, on the halfback once and he was really good. He can play multiple roles.
1: It's just, yeah, you might be right. He might be too dangerous up forward. For yeah, I mean, him. Clarker might have earmarked him as... A good clearance player And giving him some minutes Just test him out But He's definitely one to watch This weekend To
0: see what happens I reckon if he gets A similar type midfield run This weekend Say if Cunnington comes back And he still does it Um yeah, or he might even rotate forward with Cunnington. That's the other thing as well. So just have a look what happens there in terms of that uh, midfield mix and rotation. But he was definitely uh, an interesting
1: one. What do you make of Josh Goder's game? Big I hype. I didn't. Back last uh, year. So many drafts. He's just gone so late. I've, I've seen. Obviously, he had that. He's got an inflated average. So yeah, like on a lot of like ADP boards and stuff like that, he's like pushed up just yeah. because that massive average. But I was like, he's only playing like, I well, think it was one or two one games. Game. Yeah. So and I was like, Don't, Gold Coast when you just no one write cared. it off. You're like, oh yeah, it's a cheeky rookie game. But man, he was like almost best on ground for me. Yeah, right. And I didn't know much about him. Like I hadn't looked into him too hard because I was like, oh, just another rookie game and his price is inflated in yeah. classics. So like, don't research him too much. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I had to look up his number on North's playing list. saw yeah, yeah. like, This guy, I thought There's it was um, Bailey Scott to begin with. Yeah. And I think he wore 28. And I was just like, "Jesus, this yeah. guy is racking up off halfback and on the wings. Yeah. And he was like, not even just racking up the ball. Like, he was like sidestepping players. They are playing Richmond. So, you know, he's sidestepping like Taranto and Dusty. Like, he's like just so classy. Yeah.
0: I think Caves uh, did a video for the live show, and he had Josh Goder as one of his uh, ones to yeah, watch no, this I'm, season. So,
1: like almost to the point, I'm like looking at him in classic now. I think he'll be like a jet. Like he was probably like almost like a 20 plus disposal game off a halfback flank. I think he was a good underage scorer as well, which isn't surprising if you watch him play. If you played that style of
0: game as a junior when he was, you know, top dog of his yeah, class. Yeah, I
1: genuinely had him on like as best on ground. Like,
0: yeah, he was he was good. I enjoyed him. Yeah, and yeah, seeing him push up to that wing. Kind of be a part of that midfield mix as well. It was kind of good to see as well. Um, Harry Sheezel was impressive. He was very classy. He kicked a few goals. Two goals in like, the first 10 minutes. Yeah, he yeah. was awesome. But like just that
1: role as a forward, I'm just not sure of his output, especially playing for North Melbourne. There's a role. lot of young kids at North as well, they're gonna demand midfield time. Yeah. Um, and I just don't know if she's was ready. Like they might just give him those year or two up forward while you know you've got Phillips and LDU and yeah all these players, Tom Power just demanding midfield minutes. There's not enough to go around. In the uh, match
0: sim the week earlier, apparently played off half back. I think a lot of people got excited about that. Um, That's when you're playing against your own reserves type thing or playing against yourselves. So, yeah, didn't see that this week, but uh, looks classy as. um, Definitely worth picking up as a forward for the future, but – He's probably going to go too early in, in your keeper league drafts. Yeah, I would,
1: I'd steer clear, to be yeah, honest. Same. I think he's going to be overrated by yeah. a lot of people in your draft. Might so, be good in like four or five years' time. Yeah, but, but I mean- yeah, if, He's going to go way In too terms early. of the ratings, like he's quite up there, and I've seen him go quite early in a lot of those keeper drafts. Yeah, Knowing he's going to play forward for two years, I'd, I'd just be worrying about it. someone who's yeah. going to get a fair bit of midfield time. 100%, agree.
0: A um, bit of a funny one that I didn't really expect, but Liam Shields got a run on the wing. Um, later on in the game. I just don't think he's going to play a lot of footy this year, but he's listed as a forward, so just want to keep an eye on this weekend if you can do a few things. Clark obviously loves him. Yeah, although I just feel like he's just bought in for coaching kind of experience, not really to play, but I don't know what they were doing there, but that was just interesting to look at. Um, And yeah, I think that was it for North Melbourne for me. Have you got any
1: elements? I put Jaden Stevenson down. I've been pretty big on him, pretty bullish on him. He Um, didn't look too bad, did he? I've got him in quite a few drafts I've done already just because I think he's so undervalued. I got him so late. No, no one, everyone's steering clear of him because it, he's obviously had issues like he crashed that bike last year and <laughs> they have been talks issue. about, yeah, he's had the gambling issue, yeah, yeah. he's had a few injuries. Plus like some of like the- Abysmal performances. Yeah, at like end of Kane Corns has roasted the shit out of him and yeah. like pretty classified about like his work rate. <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I just think Clarko is the perfect coach for him. Like, yeah, probably. Clark is the man who's going to get the most out of him because when he is on, he is an X Factor. Like he's such a game breaker. Can easily have like 25, 30 disposals, kick a few goals. Yeah. And he was, yeah, he was playing through the midfield a bit. He was around goals a bit. And I just think he'll get the best out of him this year and we'll see the best Jaden Stevenson we have yet. So,
0: well, I hope you're right because I've got him in uh, a couple leagues. I think there'll be a few doubters out there for sure, Checkers. Yeah, the, uh, the
1: one bit that really I put down in my notes because he was he took the ball from the middle of the ground, took two running bounces running to just inside fifty, and old Jaden Stevenson would have just burst away, kicked to kick behind, like you know, yeah, gone for goal. But there was like three North Melbourne players just on the short. Yeah. He's taken two running bounces, could have easily been the hero, kicked to goal, and he pulled up and kicked the short okay. kick too. Clarko might be in his head And then. I was like, geez, that's not Jaden Stevenson like. That's very <laughs> unselfish. Um yeah. so yeah, I don't know. He could just be a change player. He's didn't have a preseason last year. Yeah. Because obviously he was injured. Like, what he do to his hip or whatever? Yeah. So, yeah, full preseason could help. I guess another one to talk about is, I guess, the ruck situation. So, I guess
0: um, Tristan Cherry was the number one for most of the game. Coleman Jones went in there a bit. Uh, he which, didn't look
1: too flash, Coleman Jones, to be honest. Yeah, a yeah. I don't know they, they chased him a little bit he showed so much promise at Richmond but yeah I don't know
0: I think Edwards was Edwards playing did
1: he I seem to remember him being in there at some stage but
0: it could have been when the reserves came and I can't really remember Cherry definitely looked the number yeah. one Charlie Combin
1: was drafted as a right when was playing forward wasn't he yeah I think he's going to play purely as a forward as well because yeah, they've yeah. noticed I think if you look through the stats like Luck, he's one of the most targeted full forwards in the whole league as in terms be. of like yeah. players going to the forward 50 he's there any option yeah um, so, just to have a second tool down there to take a bit of heat off Larky will help. Yeah. And that might mean, like, I don't know where Goldstein's at, but,
0: like, if, if Cherry doesn't have to play those forward roles, it might be pretty good for him as well.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, Chom, I call him Chom. Chomben? Chomben. Chom- Chom- oh, yeah, Chomben. Chom- Chom- yeah. Um, he kicked a few goals and he kicked a few goals in the practice match. He's been noted in the VFL, kicking a few bags of six. Like, he's just very good at getting on the scoreboard. Yeah. Not going to be massive fantasy numbers. Like, he doesn't rack up a lot of the ball, but, yeah, he's easily good for that two or three goals a game. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um,
0: Phillips and Powell, um, Tom Powell, that is, uh, they had plenty of midfield time. Who was your pick of the two? Uh,
1: Tom Powell, the better option. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really notice Phillips too much. He was around the midfield a lot, but he wasn't getting a lot of the ball. Yeah. Um, And Tom Powell just looked more damaging with I think he'll get more of a role. Yep. Um, there was photos getting around all preseason of power and he's ripped as like yes. so shredded and I was like this guy's in second year
0: yeah I think I was tagged in a pipe photo of the guns yeah so. massive Looks pipes pretty good. and yeah, yeah.
1: He's, he looked like a player in his fifth or sixth year so <laughs> <laughs>
0: well that was good to see then um, yeah keep your eye on those two though because I think they're both probably in for a, a decent role at some stage anyway both kind of earmarked for midfield roles. So, yeah, could see a lot of them this season. Uh, moving on to Richmond, um, one that I found interesting was Judson Clark playing on the wing a lot in the first half. Um, Marlon Pickett was out. We That's one thing to note. He usually pretty much runs along that wing all day. So, he probably will continue to do that next season. So, I don't know if we can take too much out of it. But listed as a forward, if Judson Clark can kind of play in the midfield on the wing... Um, yeah, that's kind of what we look for in our forwards, really. Um, but yeah, just keep your eye on that one to see what happens this week, because uh, yeah, just interesting signs there. Speaking of forwards, though, Trent Cochin basically exclusively forward. Do you yeah. think that
1: continues? Yeah, I just don't know. I've looked at it a few times. Whether because he does slide down the draft ranks, definitely because he's just aging and you know playing forward. But I just don't know if his scoring is good enough to warrant picking him up as a midfielder that will get forward DPP. Like, yeah, nah, I just don't know if you obviously know he's going to get that. DPP. The only the only hope
0: I think is like he gains the DPP, someone gets injured in the midfield. Say Hopper and Toronto both go down or something like that because it's not unusual. Last season they got injured. Yeah, thing. he could have a few good weeks if as a forward, but that's very wishful thinking. Yeah, he I think just as a forward, a he's
1: probably like a fifty-five average. he's yeah, probably exactly. not warranted. He's a pressure up.
0: dude, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, he'll probably stop someone, stop a halfback flanker from racking up all day, and he'd probably be very annoying um, when you come up against him. When one of your players comes up against him. But, yeah, in terms of his own fantasy scoring, not loving it. Um, Thompson Dow came into the center uh, bounce mix late in the game, but uh, I think it was only the last quarter. Kind of tells me he's not quite in line for that one, but I think there's a few people interested in him out there. Uh, the Dow name Made very yeah, famous By this podcast I'm going to put that In the same basket <laughs> As Patty,
1: So Yeah Not going to touch that one <laughs> uh, Any other uh, players Samson Ryan Looked alright at forward What did you make of that Yeah Tom Lynch Has got um, Plantar fasciitis Something I oh, to pronounce it But yeah. it's quite a um, Hard injury Especially a as, a, as a big fella To get over Like uh, It could linger around Which is what I was singing And I was like Samson Ryan is they're going to need a tall down there? Jack Rewalt's not tall enough to play number one forward, and yeah. he's aging as well. So Samson Ryan looked pretty crazy. He reminded me of the King brothers. He's two hundred seventy meters tall. He's a ruck forward. Yeah, but as a full forward, like he's quite agile. Like he's a big, tall, skinny guy. Yeah, and he yeah, had a good leave. He took a few contested grabs and just reminded me of like watching Ben King or Max King. So he's quite heavily selected in classic. I know as the <laughs> the ruck bench because of that. So, yeah. yeah, if Tom Lynch's injury sticks around a little bit longer, I think Sam Serrano right, will get a few games. Do you remember his average from last season? Uh, not really, but I it's can't mi- be. Minus two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that's a very famous debut. Looked out of place. I do admit he looked so much better in this game than we saw. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's as well, just the,
1: the Tom as soon as Tom Lynch comes back you think he yeah, true. floats out of the team but yeah. say that planet that foot injury can be can be quite hard to get over it was a toll. Like, you can't train on it it's just going to make it worse like yeah could miss 10 weeks and then you get Samson Ryan just filling your bench or yeah. Well, I've realised I've missed a whole heap of players on my notes, so i better go back up. Um, <laughs> uh, Jane Short still played
0: midfield. Um, so that's worrying for people that are expecting that DPP status. Rioli actually looked a decent one out of defence. Um, Hugo Rousmith looked pretty good as well. looked pretty comfortable back there. But Rioli was taking a lot of the kick-ins. Yeah, Rioli well. was doing
1: the kick-ins. And Rousme obviously got the speed. Like, he's yeah, so quick. First. I think he won the won the halftime spring last year in the GF. He's quick. So, yeah, they both look great. I think they're both going to play that holy short role we've seen in the past. Yeah. Jaden Short saw like 70% CBAs. So, yeah. it was pure midfield. And he was very good at it too. Like, he didn't look out of place alongside Taranto and Hopper and everyone oh, he else. He didn't, so. but he definitely looked like third string, like the third go-to guy in there. It's really, not the so. worst thing to have. He's a big yeah. kicker. I still think Jaden Short averages big, but I just think if you were banking on him getting that DPP back... Yeah. A lot of nah. a lot of people I've seen like just holding on, being like, oh, he's gonna get yeah. defensive status at round six or I whatever. think I had him
0: ranked as like my twelfth midfielder because I was banking on getting a you know the top defender in the game, you know, in the as your twelfth midfielder type thing.
1: Um but yeah, I don't think that's happening. He hasn't much trained now. down there at all, nah, so just seeing like him play full midfield just sort of confirmed it.
2: Yeah, no,
0: nah, it's a bit disappointing for owners, but uh yeah, because we saw his average really, you know, go from a hundred plus average to really being just a ninety guy. Really? So, yeah, a bit disappointing, but it'll be okay. But it just won't be the best possible outcome for him, that's all. Um, what else have I got in there? Uh, we've got Hugo Rasmid talking about that. Um, yeah, I think that's the only one I missed. Anything else you want to add from that game or are we good to move on? No, good to move on. The next game's probably the most exciting one of Yeah, the week. definitely. Some good notes in this one. Um, Carlton versus Collingwood is the game we're talking about. I'll uh, we'll start with Tom DeConing. So, was the number one ruck and looked really comfortable, actually. So, Mike Pinnett didn't play, um, but we know what... Tom De Koning is actually capable of. We've seen him take big grabs up forward, pretty mobile around the ground. Um, if Pittnet plays, I know Pittnet is technically the better hit out to advantage Ruckman, apparently, um, and Carlton do rate him, but I think he's got a knee issue at the moment, so I don't know how long that's going to keep him out for. But if Tom DeConing is the number one Ruck, cheeky chance of a breakout this year, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's had a lot of uh, cash thrown about his name because obviously it's a contract year. Yeah, There's a lot of hype in like, General footy, like TV and print media about Tom DeConing and his future prospects at AFL level. I never quite saw it. I thought he was just an athletic ruck, probably didn't have enough grunt to take over as a full time ruck, and probably didn't have enough forward craft to play as a full time forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way he played on the weekend, sort of like he, he was pushing guys out of contests and, you know, tackling and hitting packs, which is the first time I've seen him really do that. He's seemed quite like a, a part-time ruck, a part-time forward, but he looked comfortable up forward. He looked comfortable in the ruck. So that really um, sort of like confirmed. I'd, I hadn't seen it. I'd seen it in the print media and obviously like people like Kane Corns and Matty Lloyd pumping his tyres up a lot over yeah. the last couple of years. But just seeing him like he's put on a bit of size. Yeah, he looks like a, yeah, he looks and like looks You player, know, man. you have those ruckmen like a Scott Lyset who's, like, very, like, thick and, yeah. like, aggressive. And then you have those ruckmen, like, Sam Draper, who's quite athletic and doesn't get, like, hit a lot. But, yeah, De Koenig sort of, like, was... I thought he was, like, a Sam Draper. Like, you know, doesn't get a lot of the contested ball, but he was hitting a lot of blokes and hitting a lot of contests in yeah. a good ways, not in, like, tribunal-type ways. <laughs> <laughs> not getting suspended. But, yeah, no, he was getting contested footy, so it was good to see.
0: Yeah, um, no, I thought he was great. So, um, yeah, if he's number one ruck... Uh, Yeah, the sky's the limit. It's just whether they play two and it hinders him. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Oliver Holland, as a rookie, um, was given a lot of time on the wing. He looked good, um, looked classy. I think it's going to be him and Lockie O'Brien fighting out for that spot. Blake Acres seems to have the other wing sewn up, but it's something that they really targeted in the off season was outside runners, and it's good to see them chuck a you know a young wingman like Holland's in, and uh, yeah, just give him a bit of a crack straight up. So oh, I think he's looking the good. So he, yeah, he looked up the scratch. Yeah, he was around the ball debut. a lot as
1: well. Yeah. I do not know if he's scoring would be massive on the wing, but yeah, no, yeah. Was, as a someone who's going to get a lot of game time early in the season as a rookie price player, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of rookies, I guess Lucky Cowan was given a good run on the halfback flank. He's probably my favourite player. Well, one of the favourite players in the draft. Um, but yeah, um, halfback flank. He was a good underage scorer. Um, he's kind of... Zach Williams is out for the season. We know that. But he's kind of competing with Nick Newman for a spot. I think Newman might be slightly ahead. But I don't think it would take too long for Cowan to actually get a, you know get his debut. And Newman's so, quite prone to injury. That's true. That's true. So, yeah. And the other one, um, speaking of halfback flank, is Alex Simcotto did some nice things off halfback flank. Was a late, I think he only got signed up last week. So Yeah,
1: he's a Calvin VFL player. So, yep. obviously, sometimes you see this. I think Dan Brosio was an Essendon VFL player from memory. Or yeah, I reckon you're right. Yeah, and I reckon Jai Newcomb was a Hawthorne VFL player. Okay, yeah. So, usually watch, yeah. when we see these mid season or like pre season supplement picks come out of the VFL side, yep. they know the system. They're pretty prone to getting games early on in the piece yep. um, because they don't have to learn learn the system they train with all the boys they fit in Jellin already Yeah. Um, so yeah I'd be not a year marking for some early games because of that it's unfortunate that the same thing
0: didn't happen to the Trudge last yeah. season so yeah. Yeah, but, but anyway um, yeah, we won't go there I think Dossie and Kays are still getting over that one I think that's why they're not doing the podcast <laughs> this year actually they just don't they just can't say <laughs> not talking about the Trudge anymore <laughs> he, he moved to Box Hill actually so it might be a chance um, any other players? Uh, I got had Sardin Adam
1: it's just because I have him in a few keeper leagues and then he's been one that's sort of on that border of like, do I turf or do I keep? Because I think he averaged 79 or 80 last year, which was probably one of his better returns. Yeah. But yeah, you know, he looked really good. It's Zach Williams outside, Saad just took over. I like him a lot better without Zach Williams, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, not that Zach Williams played a shitload of footy last yeah, year, true. but um, Saad just, you know, he kicks, he runs. He just looked like he'd taken his a spring in his step, like his game went to another level. So I don't know, it could be one that averages almost ninety. I had sort of pushed him up a little bit, so I've put him, I've put him in my keeper list in a lot of leagues after that.
0: Yeah, no, don't mind that one. Um, moving on to Collingwood, um, I know this guy's two G four P, but uh, Tom Mitchell was, I guess, everyone's talking about him. Really, um, just spending a lot of the a lot of time up forward in the first half. Anyway, um, they seemed to prefer to go in there, and then what would have kind of happened was Mitchell would roll in from the forward, um, from the forward line from the TBA and then kind of play midfield from there the reason why I'm saying this is because like people might be in the classic world might be turfing out of their sides yeah but in a keeper league we know that it's purely goes on starting position so if he's starting forward and then rolling into the midfield very good chance of getting forward status at some stage and whilst that might hinder his you know 100 plus average if he can get four status and be a 90-plus forward, you're going
1: to take that every day yeah, of the week. Dacos saw about 50% midfield time, and I just don't know if he keeps that just yet.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, yeah.
1: He trained with the midfield a little bit in preseason, but I just feel like they might have been a little bit overinflated. They yeah. gave a little bit of an extra run in the midfield. Yeah. No, um, I just feel if the, on the classic
0: hype, people are going to be writing him off,
1: Tom Mitchell off this week a bit, and you might be able to pounce. I'll just watch another game. I can't yeah, imagine it's too bad. He's still... what he's done in the past. Crazy. Yeah. The only thing that has worried me a little bit around Mitchell is Collingwood have shown they're not afraid to play their best midfield at times. They're happy to... Like, they put Dagoe in the midfield, even though he was a forward. They put Jack Crisp in the midfield, even though he was playing defence.
0: And really, they're not a a fantasy-friendly side anymore, either. I
1: feel like they play a fantasy-friendly footy, but I'm just thinking that midfield, they're not like... you would think they'd put like natural midfielders in there, like but they're happy to put crisp in there because he feels the role they need. They're happy yeah. to put the go in there because he's really good at doing clearances yeah, it's like at going, times yeah. Tom Mitchell's been very good at racking up the footy, but his role for the team, he hasn't been a great, you know, clearance player. He hasn't used the ball fantastically. You're like, you know, he's yeah. a massive handballer. He's like, more
0: the in and under handball out yeah, can't not a few tackles
1: when his shoulders are okay. He's like his role on the team is exactly what they need. So I just don't know if he fits the gel at times. He might
0: Yeah. I don't think he's gonna play that. He's not gonna get a heap of touches like he used to, that's for sure but still could average 90 pretty comfortably. And yeah, all I'm saying, if he, can if he gets forward, forward enough, status yeah. and averages
1: 90 though, that's, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. top
0: five forward. Wait and see what happens this week if he spending a bit more time at forward again. Could be a, an interesting one. We've well, talked about the Dacos' before. So Josh Dacos was definitely back out on the wing a lot more. Um, CBA is at the end of last year, which kind of got a lot of people excited because he was putting up some really good scores. But Nick Dacos, probably just going to take him off him this year. Um, and I think it's going to drop him back to being like that kind of 75, 80 average wingman. Yeah, he played a lot yeah. the wing. Yeah, so I just... Yeah. Not horrible, but nah, yeah. Just plays his role. That's the thing, like a lot of Collingwood players do. Um, we'll talk about the big man situation, ties in rucks, but Dan McStay was really good up forward, kicked a few goals. Um, he didn't do much backup rucking, which I thought he'd be doing a lot more of this season. Um, Cox played in the ruck more, and we know that Cameron's come off that limited or well, the last few weeks of a modified program. So um, he didn't do as much rucking as Cox did, but I think that's just purely being injured in the preseason. My thoughts on this one is really like, can they play or do they need to play Cox come the main season? If Cameron's fit, McStay's fit, you've got Frampton in defence who can kinda of, he did roll into the ruck at the end of this game. Like it just it's and then my check's gonna come back in, so it's another tool to play on the forward line. Are they gonna roll with, you know, three or four players
1: that are, that Cox, are kind of rucks? Cox look good though, and it's weird because I feel like Cox's got a bit of confidence in his game now in the ruck. He's been tossed up forward a lot of his career hasn't had a lot of chance to go on the ruck until the late last year you got that extended period where you got a few games where you got a good goal at it yeah and he just looked to have some confidence in there this you know in this game and I had my notes I was like Cox did a lot of the ruck work and with no Grundy there like he, he should be the sole number two ruck yeah I just, and because he, he is versatile like can play forward can play ruck I don't know and so is Cameron they're so versatile tools. like they yeah. don't have a defined ruck but I wouldn't even be play
0: forward ruck, can't
1: they wouldn't even yeah. be surprised Come round 10, you see Darcy Cameron play like 40 60 ruck just because they're just swapping shit around. Like, yeah, everyone's so versatile there Cox and McStay and Cameron.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I do kind of agree with a lot of that. So, yeah, maybe I'm
1: just not liking Darcy Cameron as much as I did earlier on in the piece. Just just that limited time. Yeah. We'll see him again pick up some minutes this week, hopefully.
0: Uh, just looking at rookies, Um, Jacob Ryan, really good underage scorer in the Sandful under 18s. Um, he got a run in the second half on the nice, on the halfback flank and did some nice things off he's in the best 22 straight up but uh, he's one to watch for the future Ed Allen had a run as well actually but he's one I liked in the draft yeah, Ed, Ed yeah. Allen came on at half time yeah. yeah didn't do a. he had a lot of touches early when he first came on but then kind of tapered off a little bit so yeah um, but he's one I like for the future as well you got Darcy Cameron in your notes. Darcy, oh, Darcy Moore. Moore. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I really like this one actually. But you, you go. Well, it's real
1: keeperly relevant. Um, not so much classic or anything like that. Not so much, you know. But yeah, Darcy Moore is a captain. He's obviously in the best 22 every week now. He's got the confidence behind him and he's really, he was playing like a captain. Like he was, you know, he was everywhere down back. He was slapping blokes on the ass and, you know, just getting around everyone. So I just think he'll get his best footy this year. We have had some injuries in the past and a couple of years ago, he averaged high 70s, taking a lot of like intercept marks. He's going to be around the ball. Like, he's going to be, you know, everyone's going to be looking to him as the captain. Yeah. Cross kicking across half, but you know, the back lines, the Collingwood are, really good at doing that and that's why we saw Jack Crisp and Jeremy Howe rack up massive numbers. I feel like Darcy Moore is now going to be involved in a lot of that sort of stuff. And I think couple
0: all that as well with a fair few kick-ins here and there too. So, generally gets a few extra, you know, plus threes in that regard
1: too. So The other note yeah. I had put down that sort of helps it is like the addition of Billy Frampton. Yeah. So, Frampton was playing there. like very deep back because I Frampton's not... The quickest bloke, so he couldn't really push up the ground as much, which means more how for pushing up the ground quite a lot, yeah. Um, and leaving Frampton to play the like you know in the goal square one on one deep forward, so whether that lets more you know get out of the, get out a little bit and get a, a lot of that ball on the half back, the cross kicking, which is like where they rack up like 10, 15 marks a game, rack up you know 16, 17 kicks a game. We might see those sort of like piggish numbers we've seen from Jeremy Howe in the past.
0: Yeah, I don't mind that one actually. Yeah, so all those points actually kind of leads to probably some fantasy potential there so um yeah no don't mind that one at all Hey listeners, just interrupting the podcast here. Uh, Autumn is in the air and the leaders in below the waist grooming are here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves this season. Uh, Make sure to trim your bush with the best and let Mother Nature do the rest. Join 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code KEEPER20. Remember, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code KEEPER20. And remember, when you trim the weeds, the tree always stands a little bit taller. All right, moving on to the next game, uh, Sydney versus Brisbane. So a few players uh, that stood out for Sydney, had a lot of outs, didn't play that well Sydney either, but uh, Dylan Stevens stood out early in the game to me, um, did some nice things on the wing um, and pushed forwards for a few shots at goal as well. Pretty similar to the role he played last year. Um, I'm just not convinced he'll be an accumulator just yet, just playing on that
1: wing role. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Sydney, a lot of... They had so many players out. It was crook. It was one of the crookest games to watch out of the whole week. One, because the microphones were unbearable. So, I could barely watch the first half. Like, it was, like, so hard to keep up with. The camera work was pretty average. Sydney were playing, like, a lackluster side. There was a few names out of Brisbane as well. I didn't have much interest in it. But, yeah, I think Dylan Stevens probably isn't quite... The 100 averaging fan, his junior numbers weren't incredible. I think they're in the high 70s. Yeah, 80s, yeah, so he's a good ball user and he feels a good role, but he's not like a fantasy. Quality of jet. a quantity type, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on
0: him. That's kind of why I traded him throughout the preseason. He wasn't going to make my best 16. So I do I do enjoy watching him play. I just don't know if the fantasy game is going to be there. That's all. Um, Braden Campbell seemed to be in defense, kind of in that Nick Blakey spot. Um, he could play around one, but... Just didn't do a lot. I didn't notice him a lot in this game. No, so. nah, I didn't
1: see a lot of him. And yeah. I mean, Blakey could also be back in two weeks. Yeah, that's so.
0: saying that. I really need to know because I've got to lock in my keepers. Yeah, and it'd be handy. Got I've got him in a lot of leagues. Yeah, same. So. Um, Matt Roberts, so you got a few CBAs. Um, there's been a lot of talk about him in the preseason. Spent some time on the wing as well. Like, didn't do heaps, but when he did have it, he didn't look out of place, really. So kind of like Stevens, kind of, really, but probably not as... Play as well, but um, yeah, just looked like he could actually play a few games this year, depending on midfield depth and stuff like that.
1: Yes, there's a few players just going to depend on like injuries and things like that because, yeah, there's going to be a lot of midfielders to come back into that Sydney side. Just, yeah, didn't look too far
0: off, you know, not quite best 22 just yet, but not too far away. Uh, I guess the big story for a lot of people, especially in the classic world, looking for bench ruckman or cheaper ruckman, uh, Lachlan McAndrew just rucked all day in place of injured teammates, Tom Hickey and Peter Laddams. I reckon he really held his own in there against Brisbane. They played, yeah, um, Oscar McInerney in there. So, I reckon he could be a round one starter
1: and um, could earn some good experience this season, I think. What are your thoughts? Um, I still think Laddam's hickey and McLean. Yeah, when they're fit. Plus Sam Reid, if he's fit as well. Yeah. It's just he could find himself very far behind the pecking order very quickly. He yeah, might okay. get a game or two very early. Yeah. But I guess sometimes... In the, fan, in the classic fantasy game, you don't really want... You want your Ruckman to be... That bench Ruckman to maybe be coming in later in the season when your on-field Ruckman cop's an injury. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you don't, don't want, want the guy that's going to play the to, first actually.
0: game and then not play again for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, I just think more so as like a stash option for the future. I reckon, you know, once he retires, I guess... I think Laddams is probably the future, but I think he's got a knee issue at the moment as well or something's going on with Laddams. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he could just get some valuable experience this year, and might be held in better stead. You know, two or three yeah, years down you'd the track. Push him up the um the rookie ruckman list a little bit. Yeah, I don't think I didn't even rank him. So, yeah, got to
1: um get him in there after next weekend when I redo my ranks. Um, what what anything else you saw in this game? Um, that's just Sydney will lack a lot of names. Er- Errol Gordon played a lot of midfield minutes. Yeah, um, and I know he's been pretty popular in draft. I think I did a draft. On Sunday, and someone took him at pick nine. In Jeez. A, okay. In a keeper. So, yeah, big race. Um, Which sort of blew me away a little bit. But I yeah. guess if you watch that game, I guess it might have given you a little bit of confidence. So yeah,
0: yeah, I don't know if you can take too much out of that, though, given the outs. But, anyways, moving on to Brisbane, who were really impressive uh, in this game. Um, just a few players, I guess, that uh, had a bit of interest in the preseason or that stood out. So, um, Devin Robertson, he played forward for a lot of the game, but went into the midfield later. It was just a Pretty similar Devin Robinson kind of performance. I think we're all still holding on to hope that he produces those underage numbers, but... need to see him traded, I
1: think. Yeah, I'm need to see him go back home to, not to West Coast at- and you'll fill out and bloody have rip a ripper, but...
0: Yeah, they're not going to happen at Brisbane, so we're just going to have to keep waiting, I think. Um, I think people got excited because he was on the wing a lot in the finals and stuff like that, but didn't really get that same role. Because on the wings, like... They rotated so many players. So, um, this included, you know, Connor McKenna, Darcy Wilmot, um, Jimmy Tunstall, uh, Jared Berry, Harry Sharp. These are all guys that kind of they played on the right. Yeah, M- game. Yeah,
1: Connor McKenna coming back really hurts. Yeah. Dave Robertson's chances, I reckon. And it's really hard to say who's going to be
0: there round one because I think a few of those guys could push onto a halfback flank as well, which kind of has a flow and effect. For the next guy I want to talk about, and that's Cam Rayner. So I only really noticed him in the second half. I'm not even sure if he was on the first half. I'm not 100% sure. But when he was in defense in that second half, he looked really comfortable back there. Um, it's got better as the game went on, I think, as well, and even took some kick ins. I think Daniel Rich might have come off and he kind of took over yeah. in, in a very
1: similar role. So, yeah, Cam Rayner, yet to see yeah, whether he was. He played a bit of film. match, Sim, down back. Yeah, so yeah he I did, had that in he? my notes. Yeah. Um, Like before, I looked, watched the game. It's just to keep an eye on Cam Rainer because I just want to see how he looked down back. He's forward, up forward. You can write him off as a fantasy player. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's got the engine, especially with Dunkley coming into Brisbane to ever be a full time midfielder. Now, yeah. So, not that it's a last roll of the dice, but it's a good roll of the dice for Brisbane to just try him as a defender. And he's obviously got good leg on him. So, if
0: it happens, like because he's on the verge of my sixteen keepers, really. If it happens again. This, uh, this weekend I reckon he's kind of Pushing for a spot In my side So yeah um, He's one to kind of I guess Owners who have been Holding him for a long time Especially through the inju- Knee injury and stuff like that I reckon they're starting To get a little bit excited But uh, we'll have to see What happens Charlie Cameron's classy always is. Um only kicked the one goal. Just I always love him having him in there because he's just a good streamer option in uh keep league sides, picking up super late, kicks a bag of three or four and he generally scores
1: he's around the genuinely nine. Genuinely pretty though. consistent scoring wise. Like yeah. yeah, minimum like sixty, maximum ninety, but it's just yeah. that, that like flat line Somewhere all year. It's not
0: too roller coastery. Yep. Uh oh, Kadane Coleman. Um, I know he should have really broken out last year and it really happened it's just a few injury affected games and stuff bring his average down but he's probably going to break out this season I think just his attack out of defence is just incredible like an amazing leg and like kicked a couple of goals I think from yeah, on the he run yeah he did he gets up like,
1: and down the ground so well I think he probably could have kicked four if he kicked straight so
0: just the way he moves out of defence and he kind of has a licence to just attack and do what he wants so yeah he's one I think is just going to go to a next level this season um, another value player is Jack Gunston. So, he looked at home in the forward line, kicked a few goals as well. He's just going to slide in drafts given his age because no one's going to want to own him because he's probably near retirement age. But he represents value for what he can produce. He's probably going to be the third banana, not going to get as much uh, attention as the other two up there. But, uh, yeah, a lot of value in Jack Gunston. and We know what he can produce in the past.
1: He said um, in the media last week that he reckons he can play three more years. So that gives you a little bit more confidence for keeper leagues. I don't know. But. Yeah, sure. I'm just, yeah. I just think the output's still going to be decent if you can get on the end of a
0: few goals. And yeah, looked. I don't know, just an experienced player. Just does not look out of place in that Brisbane side.
2: Uh,
0: Zach Bailey, he's still got some CBAs, which surprised me. You um, know, there wasn't too many midfielders missing out of that middle, mid side as well. So there might still be hope for Zach Bailey owners out there given he's got four status as well. And just one last thing, which is stating the obvious, but uh, Will Ashcroft is going to be a star.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty locked in. I think classic-wise, he's the most selected player and it's for yep. good reasons. So Absolutely. Should be a pretty good good year.
0: Yeah. Anything else you noticed in this game?
1: No, nah, that was it. It was just the worst game ever to watch. <laughs> could don't think I've ever watched a worst game of football. Yeah. Don't Not because of the football replay. quality, but just the, the coverage. Yeah.
0: I think um, one of the commentators like, apologised on Twitter afterwards. I think yeah, they kept,
1: they kept bringing it up. but yeah. It was more like... The the microphones out water in them, yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's disgusting. was like, oh, Christ, anyways. Um, this is the only game I
0: didn't watch. Uh, actually, no, I I said I don't watch, didn't watch a second, but I did watch some of it. Um, St Kilda versus Melbourne because it was on after when I got home from work on Friday. Um, what'd you take? I know you watched it because you're a St Kilda man. What would you take out of this game?
1: Yeah, uh, Melbourne. favourites for the flag, probably. Yeah, right. They're nuts. They're They're just, they've, they've added Brodie Grundy and they've added Lockie Hunter and they haven't really lost much. So yeah, true. It's crazy how they've done that. Um, and I mean, I watched the Stan documentary a couple of months ago as well about that draft period, the trade period. Yeah. And just, uh, I think it was a bit where Brodie Grundy's manager's ringing the Melbourne list manager and I think Goody's on the phone as well. Yeah. And Goody's just laughing. He's like, you're telling me we're getting Brodie Grundy. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> Yes, done. <laughs> Do <it. laughs> like, you just can't believe it um, yeah. that Max Gordon and Brody Gundy are going to play together, and it's going to be nuts to watch. It's going to be very hard to come up against. Yeah, um, Roland Marshall rucked against them all day. He did it right, but uh, I mean, fantasy wise, it was probably only like a fifty score game for him. Yeah, because you just can't compete against such stuff all day. They're nuts. Yeah. Um, the one thing I noted about Melbourne with that is that they're going to have a lot of rotations up forward now. Um, Grundy or Gorn are going to play a bit of forward time. I think Gorn's probably going to play more forward time, even though on the weekend Gorn saw most of the ruck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, DPP is going to be crazy.
0: I did see some backyard stats for this game. now uh, someone taking them. Um, didn't include tackle numbers apparently, but Gorn was in the 90s and I think Grundy was in the 50s. So make of that what you will, fancy yeah. wise,
1: but yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we've seen Gorn go up forward in the past and do all right yep. Kicks, kicks a few snags. So if he gets DPP, it could be pretty wild for a lot of. Draft leagues. If you can have you sometimes have a pretty half-decent ruck on the bench, you can yeah. float him in. Anything else? Uh, Lockie Hunter was nuts. He had shaved his head. <laughs> nice. Um, looks about forty years old, yeah. and he was wearing a jumper that it was, was like, like
0: forty years old. Since I've shaved no. mine,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't know he was. To be I was like, what the hell? I thought it was like a VFL player There's actually playing. A few people like that. Jared Berry, like, he's got rid of his hair as well. Yeah. so I was like, what the hell? Um, but his just jumper still. was like a size too big for him. But yeah. he was just he was best on ground. Like he was everywhere, all along the wings. Yeah. And I feel like a couple. Seasons ago, he was averaging high nineties at yep. Bulldogs and it was like a lock in everyone's team, especially if he had forward DPP. Yeah, um, and he was just like up and down the wings all day, hit a couple goals, and I think the new club just just like a massive breath of fresh air for yeah. him. Like it's the new club, it's a yeah. new start. He's yeah. had a few things go wrong in the last few years. Obviously, was like a vice captain, crashed his car, drink yeah, driving, fucking fair bit going on. But, yeah, fresh start at a club that's, like, premiership favourite. Like, he's going to be up and about.
0: I always say new club role. It's science. You perform better when you get on. new the club. The only
1: thing is, I mean, what does that mean for, like, guys like James oh, Jordan, yeah. Tommy Sparrow, Tomlinson, Langdon, like, the guys who play on that, like, wing and I flanks? I think Langdon's
0: fine. I think the others, are really going to struggle as a result. That's all.
1: Um, Coszy Pickett got a bit of midfield time. I don't know how much to read into it because... I looked at the CBAs and stuff. I mean, Viney only played about 40% in the midfield. And I feel like Viney's probably most weeks going to be the most CBAs. Yeah. Like he's normally an out and out midfielder. So love to see it. But I feel like Cozzy's too dangerous around goal as well to see too much CBA during yeah, the no, actual I agree. season. 100% agree. Uh, but yeah, just flag that one. Petrarca looked unreal. Yeah. No one's lost anything. Oliver looked unreal. So yeah, Melbourne were crazy damaging. Yeah. Um, what about the Saints. Saints, uh, Nasiah Wanganeen, Malira. Yep, playing down back, very similar like um, Coleman. Just great ball use, running up, very good running carry. Class player. Reminded me of like a young Brad Hill, but with better foot skills. Yep. So,
0: no, I really like him for the future. For um, sure, especially if he's playing a defence because he was on the wing a lot last year. So, yeah, no, consistent. he was running out of
1: half back which is pretty awesome handy. To see. Uh, I put a tweet up earlier in the season saying Mason Wood's probably pretty likely to play at forward yeah um, and I mean not that a lot of people were s- that keen on Mason Wood but he did average like not high 90s in and his was last, last year
0: at the forward but yeah. in his
1: last 5 or 6 games of the year like he on really wing. solidified his wing role and yeah. was averaging well um, Zane Cordy played full forward, so and Mason would play his wing role. So I don't know if that. Yeah, right. That's that interesting. Makes it
0: definitely sliding drafts as a result of that. So. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think with all the injuries at Saints, so like this crazy amount of injuries, mm-hmm. like machita Mich- Owens was playing up forward. Yep, uh, Zane Cordy. So yeah, I mean, there's a bit going wrong up there for St Kilda. Ross Lyon, I've seen in a lot of drafts, a lot of St. Kilda players sliding because they're yeah. just worried about their Ross Lyon factor. Yeah. But I didn't notice it too much. I thought they played a pretty similar game style to last year. Yeah. Um, I've seen in, in a lot of fresh drafts, Brad Crouch slide well down the order, like being taken as one of the last top tier midfielders. Yeah. Um, but he saw heaps of CBAs, looked back to... Just what he was doing last year, like he averaged in the high hundred, high hundred, five hundred, six. Yeah, right. He's missing. Oh, it doesn't really matter. Cause it's more classic. But he's missing round one, isn't he? I
0: just heard that on the weekend, yeah. so I forgot about that. But yeah, it doesn't really matter for uh, our format because we've got him for years to come. Um, what about Mateus Philippou? I heard a few he was handy. About him. I didn't
1: yeah. notice him too too much. Yeah, I think it was when I turned it on. He kicked a couple goals. Yeah, he of that, was that he patch. was sort of good on that half forward line. Yeah, there's a couple of times he like crossed the ball in and out of um, the forward line, and his foot skills are pretty good. Three years in line he, for round one. Uh yeah, I'd say he's in line, especially with Billings going down now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking now. He's probably improved his chances a fair bit. But yeah. I don't just don't know One, if he sees like massive game time, he probably won't see many midfield minutes. He probably plays more on the half-forward flank. So I don't know if that's scoring-wise. Like, don't expect massive things. One a like for the future, though, for sure, given
0: his underage performances. Um, Yeah, all right. We'll move on to the uh, Fremantle versus Adelaide game, getting towards the end here. Um, Diego Mira. he had bulk midfield minutes um, and looked back to his best fantasy-wise, I think. I reckon he'll be a 90-plus average midfielder, no worries this year. So I think owners of him, um, yeah, are going to be pretty happy. Probably unlucky a little bit, didn't get forward status in the end. But uh, yeah, oh well. He's going to be a good midfielder for the owners that have held on to him anyway. Um, speaking of midfielders, Liam Henry was playing on a wing. Um, he was quiet though. And I think O'Driscoll comes back and takes his place when he's fit. So, But I think a lot of people are just kind of waiting for him to bust out on that wing. Just don't know if he's going to have a, win enough of the footy really. To yeah, do he O'Driscoll. didn't win a lot of
1: the footy. He yeah. used the footy well. Yeah, that's what he does. Like he was real good going in, inside 50, but just, just yeah, it wasn't racking up touches. Um, Nat Fife, he was pretty dangerous up forward gotta
0: say Um, just probably not gonna have that huge fantasy ceiling that he used to have but I still think he could go close to the 80 mark um, when he gets on top when Freo get on top of a few teams and he's hit up in that forward line I don't know he just doesn't kick well at goal as well so they should get more
1: plus six yeah he's he got that danger field factor to it. Yeah, yeah I put my notes right now five off yeah, I was like, like oh, I think he's done his career's done he's not gonna see midfield time
0: uh, no that's for sure I and agree like, with he's no
1: nowhere yeah. near the midfield rotation um you don't think an eighty average could have I'm thinking we're more looking like a 55 okay. 60 average yeah, okay. so um I know a lot of he might still have a little bit of value if you've got him in draft so if you can flick him off and get something back for him might yeah. be a good time to do it. But yeah I'm holding on to hope. I reckon he could like if everything goes his way that 80 probably his max, but I think
0: it should be a 70 plus if he goes all right because I still think. When things aren't working for them They might try him
1: in the middle And things like that So they could just I just a don't know, know if things Will not work for them They've got Omiri It's yeah, <laughs> added They've got all these young kids Coming through True Yeah um, maybe Yeah I've written him off Fantasy wise
0: completely now. <laughs> yeah um, We'll move on to Neil Erasmus and Matthew Johnson They only came on I think in the fifth period And I think I stopped watching Pretty much after they came on But probably not great For their round one hopes But I think both of those players Are definitely stash options For the future Um, Stam Sam, Sam Sturt Not Stam Sturt Sam Sturt, he's listed as a forward, but he rode up to the wing a bit as well. Yeah, he's
1: higher yeah. up the ground. And I think, I was watching at the time, I was like, he's got a bit of Blake Acres about him because he's taller, yeah. drafted as like a key forward, really. Yeah. Um, so, he's got the height that Blake Acres sort of provided on that wing. They had Henry with the speed on one wing and sort of Sam Sturt had the height yeah. that we've seen maybe with like a Bergman at Port or something like that, you know, the, the tall, taller winger. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, Any other players you like in this game? Uh,
1: Matt Tabner kicked, I think it was like three goals in the first 10 minutes of the game. And I remember last year, I put it, not promoting gambling, but put a little bit of money on him for the Coleman early on. And I thought he was good. good uh, Value, but got injured. Yeah, he got injured. Um, And I just looked him up watching the game. I was like, geez, Tabner is due. He's he's 29, I think, almost 30. But if Freeman will have added a lot to their team, they're obviously in finals contention, probably top four contention. Yeah. He kicked 12 goals in the first four games last year, so that's an average of three goals a game. He kicked 29 goals in the first nine games of 2021 before he got injured. Yeah. It's average of three goals a game. So if you just bank on him not getting injured this year, I looked at like three goals a game, 22 games. it's like a 66-goal year. Yeah. Um, which puts him on par to win a Coleman. And as we know, like the Coleman medal winner the last few years averaged like mid-70s, high, mid-80s. Yeah. So if Tabner stays fit...
0: I loved him before He's, he he's a
1: very, just very good at hitting the yeah, scoreboard yeah, yeah. Like so good At just kicking goals He so. was a
0: player That I loved uh, to draft It's just that He became too injury prone
1: To worry about But if he I stay was thinking fit, this year Could be his year Hopefully. The way that Fremantle Added to their team He's got Fife around him He'll have Luke Jackson Around him a bit Take a little bit of heat Off him So yeah He'd probably kick A few big big bags Any other players? Uh, Sarong was crazy wild Like yeah. look next level Hayden Young Looked next level So if you got them Bloody stash them away Don't trade them For anything 2G4P though Um, And then Bailey Banfield was one I've just put down because he he was a sub 10 times last year for Fremantle. Yeah. But he played the full game, kicked a few goals. I looked him up. He kicked four goals last year against the Lions when he played a full game. Yeah. And I think in his first year in the system, he played a full year as well. So, I think he might play like 20 games in his debut year. Then he's had a few years of injury. He has had a few years of being the sub. So, yeah, I don't know, he's young. If he cracks in the side, could be pretty handy. He's looked just zippy, just very like zippy around goals. So.
0: Yeah, no, he's definitely been shown glimpses in the past. So, yeah, not the worst option. Um, moving on to the Crows, uh, Ben Keys was out of the midfield mix, um, spent some time forward. Just don't think that's good signs for owners, given what we saw at the end of last year as well. So, have to wait and see what happens. They could just be trying some youngsters, but there's been a lot of talk of that over the preseason. It seems to be happening at the moment. So, monitor that one. An uh, article came out last week saying Phil Thorpe was guaranteed number one ruck spot this year for the Crows and then... Don't read into that Barely sorted. Riley O'Brien was still did most of the rucking. So, yeah, media's maybe suggesting otherwise, but I don't see it happening just yet. Um, Josh Rashelli or Rankin didn't get a lot of CBAs. They did roll up to the midfield at times, but didn't spend heaps of time there. Rankin was just classy at Ford. He's a class player. <laughs> like... I just can't see him spending that much time away from the goals, given what he can no, do. No, I think Rankin's going to be playing very yeah. deep forward
1: most of the year. Yeah. He, you take him out of the forward line, you're damaging yourself, really, just because yeah. of what he can do. He can win games with his own boot up there. Absolutely. So. But, yeah, um, Richelli probably can
0: go had to get a bit more midfield time, but just didn't see that much of it this game, that's all. Um, Wayne Miller basically just confirmed he'll be playing defence this year. I think it's probably more relevant for Classic, given he's a bit cheaper, but I don't know how much more he can...
1: It's pretty much all the articles that was written about him last year. You can just reread them yeah, because we didn't get what we wanted out of him last year. But I think you probably get a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's playing that role we wanted to see last year.
0: Um Darcy
1: Fogarty was a presence up forward.
0: Um, Tex Walker didn't play, which means he was more of a target, but. I just think monitor to see what happens in regards to Walker's selection. If they go with him and Thilthorpe or whether they kind of phase him out a little bit more. I thought Himmelberg was And Himmelberg crazy. Too, so. He yeah.
1: Improved so much over the offseason. Yeah. And everyone's been saying he's had a massive preseason. So yeah, I just like Fogarty because I know he's going to play every week. He's probably their
0: best key forward at the moment. Yeah, And he's pretty reliable in front of goals. Can generally. But I'm bags. more thinking
1: along the lines of like Himmelberg and Thilthorpe um, have sort of come along a little bit in their development. True. Yeah, so just peg him back a little bit. Yeah, might peg Tex back a little bit in terms of his need. Yeah. Um, And the
0: other one was um, Rory Sloan just played a decent game in a really bruise free role on the wing.
1: Probably not very fantasy. Didn't rack up a lot of the ball. Yeah.
0: But I don't know. Like he had enough, I think. But might, you know, if he plays that role, he could. Push you to you know, like a low 80s kind of score every now and then. So, might be someone you could pick up super late, given that it's probably going to be his last season. And if you can get him, you know, for a bench option, he'd probably go close to the 80 mark. Yeah. Not the worst
1: idea to do. Um, any other players? That I you just knows? had the, the Crows midfield look really young and inexperienced. That's probably why. Um, Will Brody and Sarong and those types just looked like they were having it so easy. Like they would have had monster games. I don't know what the stats were, but it looked like Brody and Sarong were having like one fifties type games. Yeah. Um so they played like Schoenberg, Sam Berry, rochelle through the midfield a lot. And they just didn't look up to Scratch as yeah. much as I love them as blokes. I don't think they're they're up to scratch to play full time mid minutes, and I just think it's gonna be a bit of a difficult year. Um I Matt Crouch spent a little bit of time in there. I think he had about 40% CBA. And he looked like Matt Crouch of old, like nothing's changed. I just don't understand how he's not getting a game. Like he looks good with the footy in hand. He looks mature, makes good decisions with the ball. There
0: was a few times where like probably missed a target that was kind of vital but it still kind of ended up working out for him you
1: know what i mean like he racks up so much of the ball it though, looked like looked it just worse. has to i yeah. just don't understand how he's not in their best 22 like i just couldn't pick it together yeah. i can't wait for the year when we get him at st kilda <laughs> so <laughs> um i put as well luke Pedler. he's been real popular in classic which has probably filtered over to him getting picked up in a few draft leagues yeah but i i spoke to louie about this on the weekend as well he's like i just can't see his role yeah. Um, he's not going to play in the midfield. It's going to be forward if it's anything. Yeah. It's so, he's, like, scoring. in the sample, when he scored well, he's had midfield minutes. Yeah. And he just can't squeeze in there at the moment. Like, if Matt Crouch can't squeeze in there, how the hell can Luke Pedler squeeze in there? Yeah. Absolutely. So, if he's playing up forward, like, he's competing against Rankin, Rochelle, McAdam as that small, mid sized forward. Yeah. Not going to see a heap of it. Like, I just don't think he's going to be what everyone's ranking him out to be. He probably spend a fair bit of time in the sample. Yeah. One I for agree. the future. But, yeah, I mean, everyone's so hot on him this year. I just can't see it. For
2: sure.
0: Um, moving on to the last game West Coast versus Port Adelaide A um, few players Just a few quick notes I've got here I don't want to spend Too much time on it I want to spend heaps of time On Port Adelaide Not so <laughs> much right. West Coast But I think Port Are the most fantasy relevant Team this year I hope so They were they one been, of the
1: Highest scoring teams yeah, Last
0: year There is talk of a More of a faster game plan Playing more along the lines of Like a Sydney or a Collingwood Or something like that Which might one. Yeah rolling them. the ball on quicker. Yeah, yeah but um, Yeah I didn't really see Too much of a difference Really this year But a few players I noticed And I'll let you go Through your list here Which is quite a long one Um Scott Lysett just looked in good touch Um, clear number one ruck just a real bruiser in the ruck Brent Tickle good around the ground but just doesn't have the same impact in the middle and the centre bounces so I think he's locked in for that number one ruck role Horn Francis had plenty of midfield time and early on in the game he looked really good but kind of faded as the game went on and did a few silly things or just didn't hit targets and things like that so I don't know he was given the most midfield uh, minutes uh, out of any player though so I guess that's encouraging given yeah, that he's 76% CBAs so. yeah um, so yeah just one thing to note there um, well, what do you think of former Francis what did you yeah, think of the
1: game? yeah I don't know I thought he got better as the game went on in terms of his contested ball winning he was playing shit loads of midfield time and in, early in the game he just looked a bit out of it like in terms of where he had to position himself um and then he turned the ball over a few times. I saw him do this in the trial game as well. Like, he's, he, he hasn't played done a lot of training the last six weeks Yeah, because he had those in uh, surgery to the back of his legs. Um, But, yeah, I think as the game went on, like, he won a few clearances and did some really special stuff, like, as a clearance player, and I think that could be important to Port. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think he's going to play a fair bit of midfield time. Boke yeah. is due for a bit of up forward. and. Boke got injured. I don't know how he's going. Have you heard anything on that? No. Nah, I think... It was just a lush load of bruising on, like, the lungs and stuff, which would be no good. Might, probably oh, I probably won't, won't train, run. but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably might be good for round one.
0: Um, kane Farrell had a good game early on, and he kind of went missing. I think he might have actually come off at some stage because I didn't see him later on in the game, but he found a lot of it early. Had it kind of similar to kane Coleman, but probably less um, special-looking, really, but... Had a quite a few shots of goal um, from that half-back line running up the ground. So, he's one I do like just because I think he's just got a weapon that no one else at Port Adelaide possesses.
1: kicked a leg. Yeah, a Had a shot of goal for like 55 out and it went probably 15 metres over the yeah, goal line. So. smashed it through. So,
0: yeah, I like him this year just because I think they'll try to get the ball in his hands just because he can penetrate the foot out forward. Um Bergman slot into the wing and kind of place of Um And I thought he looked really good, did some nice things. Even like just little things like pushing back to cover and defense and taking a few grabs he back He just there. moved up
1: and down the wing so yeah, well. So um, He was good in the trial game as well. So definitely I'd rank him as their number one winger.
0: And I think Dersma d- did enough on the other wing, but I'm just not convinced he's going to be a big scorer. I think he's one of, those, one of those ones that kind of falls into that winger that kind of gets a bit lost in the middle. Would have been um, good to
1: see him go into the midfield.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think he's playing outside. Jace Burgoyne's a player I think could be a round one. I starter. think he is a round one yeah. starter.
1: The way he's played, sort yeah. of the back end of last year, looks pretty comfortable. He looks so at ease. Like he's just gonna, he's gonna be a. 15 year player for Port like is, he just, is he 19 years old yeah, yeah no, no. He's, he's just so composed with the footy I think he actually follows us on TikTok as well so yeah no he'll, <laughs> he'll, be, uh, no, he'll lock himself down he'll be played probably 300 games for Port the way he's going
0: um, the other one I guess a lot of people have been talking about Lockie Jones got more CBAs but I, I just don't know what to make of it
1: what do you make of it yeah well, Boak went down injured yeah someone else had to Butters is there. nowhere near the yeah, midfield is yeah. injured um, and I mean Wines are still carrying a little bit of injury yeah they haven't been using Willem Drew as much in the midfield they didn't use him as much in the trial And they didn't use him as much On the weekend As I thought they would Yeah With those injuries to Boke and Wines Yeah Lockie Jones maybe Just because Sorry Because he's uh, <laughs> behind the table Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's young And you know Got a lot of like Promise and high yeah. draft You know you Give him a bit of, Blood him a bit of time Yeah I think he's going to be pretty versatile He can play up forward Play down back Play the wing Play the midfield You'll see I think he's best 22 but I just don't think his CBAs will be as high come round one. Yeah, no, I agree. I
0: don't even know what his role is, really, whether it's forward, whether it's back, but yeah. Um, you've got Aaliyah Aaliyah on your in your notes. What do you make of his game?
1: Yeah, he is another one that I think is like real keeper league relevant because not so much classic, scoring is not going to be nuts, but in 2021, like he was dishing off from like 70s and 80s, taking a shitload of marks. And I mean, he got all Australian. I feel like a lot of teams sort of found him out last year and sort of worked out how best to like... Cause Lee was the whole reason like Port were dominating for a, for a period there. Like, he was just unplayable. Like, winning, winning games for Port Adelaide yeah. in 2021. Come 2022, they sort of like- was getting shut down a bit more. Yeah. Um, but he looked like good and- I mean, they're only playing West Coast. It wasn't too damaging. They didn't have Josh Kennedy or Jack Darling. Yeah. <laughs> so, But he was getting free and taking a lot of those marks like he was in 2021. So, I just wanted to keep an eye on because I feel like he's probably not in a lot of- teams in keeper teams yeah um so yeah if he can just dish up consistent 70s and 80s it's very handy like he's very consistent scorer like we've talked about in the past that flat line scoring yeah um, so yeah I'd, I'd put like a star next to his name and just watch this week anyone else uh, Power Pepper looks like he's ready to take his game another gear he's had a kid in the off season he's matured up he's not going to the nightclubs anymore <laughs>
2: taking the series and he's
1: just <laughs> he hits the ball so hard like I'm just dusty wise like just hit, attacks the foot he's so hard he was another one that was back in the midfield by the end of the game as well yeah so. even up forward though he just looks so dangerous like, he rolls to the stoppage like yeah. and
0: plays that extra body but then can now can
1: kick a goal as well so. yeah he kicked I think he kicked two or three goals as well yeah. the weekend, So. Um, him and- seventy-five average, like minimum. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon we're looking at more like ninety average because well, okay, if he gets a yeah. few midfield rotations, take that
0: for sure. Didn't really um, get much last year at all. I've said in
1: my notes, him and Dan Houston probably the two most underrated footballers in the AFL. Like they don't get spoken about a lot, but they're just their role they play the team. Like Dan Houston can play anywhere on the field, and Power Pepper's sort of showing he can now play up forward and in the midfield. Yeah, like those versatility type players that just feel. I had written in my notes the exact words that, like, a lot of that Richmond era in 2017, like, the players didn't change. Yeah. Just that when they started winning games, everyone started speaking about the players. Yeah. So, I feel like if Port start winning games, Dan Houston and Sam are going to become, like, household names. But yeah, they're just great team players. And probably, yeah, both are going to average 90. Yeah. Um, I had just... I'm worried about Port's start of the season here because I looked at their... They've got Boak bruised and battered now. Ollie Wines had that sore knee. Yeah, he looked a bit off it. Um, Butters is out of the team currently. Razzio is so like injury prone. Horn Francis is lacking match fitness because he hasn't done a lot of preseason. And then they've started the year, they've got Brisbane, Collingwood, The Showdown, and Sydney. So it's yeah. like four really tough games. Like The Showdown, you're playing Crows, but that's one of the toughest games of the year. Fair
0: chance will be, you know, th- one and three. Top well, that
1: happened to them last year, Is they were like none and five or none and four, and yeah, it really mentally just ruined done. them. And I'm just worried. Like, if they go none and four here, they're going to be mentally ruined. They're not hitting the season with their strongest side. Yeah. And they're hitting the strongest team. So it's just like, it could be a difficult year. Don't worry. Ken Hinkley will sell it. Well, the supporters day. will jump off. Oh, that's the problem. They already Wait, hate they should have Ken. last year, but they didn't. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> Kept yeah. I, believing. I thought Port was stiff last year because of just how they started the season. Like, they were a much better side, but because. There's, they started zero four zero five like they were mentally just screwed. Yeah, um, no, so I agree. it's a tough start of the year, and they're a bit bruised and battered at the moment. So yeah, it could be how that first four games go will like determine how the rest of the season goes. Really, like yeah, I agree. I need to need to
0: snatch one of those wins early, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, moving on to West Coast, the last team to talk about um, Elliot Yo. Back to his best. He's in basically every classic team. Going to go higher than his average suggests in drafts, I think, as well. I think in our keeper league, he went a lot earlier than um, everyone else did around that average. So, yeah, he's definitely um, one uh, that uh, I think should be. spent a
1: lot of time rotating to defence. Did go through the midfield, though. Yeah, he he was midfield and defence. I don't know. I feel like he's a bit overhyped at the moment. I saw him jump very early in a lot of drafts. Yeah. For a bloke that's like Was he 31 now? <laughs> I don't know I thought it was that old
0: But yeah um, I don't know I thought he looked pretty good I thought he was one of West Coast's best players So and I can, In a struggling side I can see him going pretty well Especially because he's listed As a defender as well I don't mind him Um Tim Kelly played forward, which I thought
1: was interesting. He just looked back to his Geelong best. Yeah. He had an off-season last year. And, and had no m- support It could him have either. been a lot of like, you've come from Geelong, who are like a top four side and yeah. you've gone to the wooden spoon. It was like it quite hard to like, you don't have good ball users around you and you don't have the, the same structure. But yeah, he just looked to have a bit more confidence in his game. Yeah. It I,
0: lo- I think he looked a lot better as well. If he's, he's not- playing as forward more... I don't know how well he's going to score fantasy wise but actually could free, get some DVP
1: though like he did average along, which is yeah. very handy definitely um, Chess Campbell on the wing he looked he was one of the better really ones really comfortable he looked so composed with yeah. the ball like he's only in his second year and he hasn't played a game, game yet. Yeah, yeah. but he looked like someone to had been on the list for five or six years yeah. um, there was one moment early in the game he sort of "Took the ball in the wing and spun past two poor players and then kicked, hit the target." Yeah, and I was just like, "Wow, that's this kid hasn't not played a game yet." And he's like, just like weaved through two oncoming players. Like, yeah, no, nah, it was nuts. It looked like someone who'd been playing for yeah five or six years. He'll play around one and definitely yeah, he'd lock himself in. The commentators yeah. were loving him as well. So absolutely,
0: um, Jai Cully was firmly in that midfield mix. A um, bit of forward time as well, I think. But uh, yeah, um, he's another one that I think is going to be. I don't know, just because he got overlooked in that his draft year, I think
1: he's just still. Sp- a bit he's only twenty. Yeah, like I feel like I thought he was a bit older. Like I thought he was like 23, 24 So he's still got a bit of development in him. Like yeah. he's still young. Um, and I just yeah, most twenty-year-olds aren't even playing at the moment. Like they're still just playing in the twos. So yeah, he's still very young, got a bit of development to come. So
0: <laughs> someone in the chat has written is that checkers or Oliver Tree? I think you cop that a bit, Daniel. <laughs> get you? out of Get out of for a bit. It's, all, it's <laughs> Oliver Tree actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it is definitely Oliver Tree. I'm lucky to have him in the uh, studio. Um, I found the second ruck battle or could even be the first ruck battle, um, pretty interesting. So Williams versus
1: um, Callum Jamison, really.
0: Yeah, and they're both kind of. Put their case forward and
1: we're yeah. okay. Yeah, so. Williams looked stronger. Jamison looked a bit more versatile for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Williams took a few good like contested marks. Yeah.
0: But both yeah, did, Jamison yeah, just nice moved things. a
1: bit nicer. I don't know. They could play both. They might very yeah, right well play will. both.
0: Yeah, probably will. Um, Nick Nats still injured, did not he? So, see how he goes there. And the last one I've got is just Elijah Hewitt. He um, just showed some glimpses. Um, I think he's got a special option going forward. Just, yeah, stash him away. It might take a bit of time. But yeah, did some nice things as well.
1: In that game Uh, I guess Dom Sheet Is another one We can talk about What would you make Of his game He just had a touch Of class In the midfield They had playing I mean, Gaff was playing outside on the wing. Uh, Shuey just looks a bit slow and old. Yeah, I thought at times Yo when he went down back, they just liked a bit of experience in that midfield. And she just, just coming back just adds a bit of class. They're obviously, a team that f- had a terrible year last year. Yeah, he's gonna be just a handy addition to come back. I don't know if his scoring will be massive. I think it'd be like around the 90 mark. Yeah, probably 85 to 90. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna burst through, and I don't think they're gonna win a lot of games. So it's quite hard to average 100 plus. But he's still only 26 or 27. Yeah, think, he's so. just in that that mould where he's not too old yeah. and gonna be washed up after this year. Like. He's going to be the next gen. Not a bad option for a keeper league, I reckon. Anyways, um we might wrap it up
0: there so uh, yeah just um, if you want to support the podcast please sign up uh, by becoming a member we've got our rankings out at the moment uh, the ranking spreadsheets, so you can do do your own rankings I guess they help you with those Um, drafty fantasy analysis is up there to help you in the dynasty leagues where you're just picking the rookies breakout tracker to see who's going to break out this year much much more Um, basically every membership keeps this podcast going Um, and yeah it's been a battle this year so thanks to all the members out there because uh, if it weren't for the members this uh, podcast would definitely be done by now so thanks for that um, yeah so we'll wrap it up checkers um, get around you on uh, Marmalade Oz on all the socials
1: yeah join our fantasy league Actually, that's, that's right. what I'm trying to plug at the moment yeah is we had a thousand people in our yeah. classic league last year so I'm hoping Sh- to get similar numbers yeah I'll repost the um, but the what we've done code. this year is we've uh, we've hit up a few businesses and we've got some good prizes coming. So yeah, I saw a pretty swift looking hat. Yeah, we're getting coming. a hat made. Yeah, getting a few prizes donated. So that should be pretty, pretty handy. Last year we didn't have a prize for first place, but this year, yeah. All right, I'll get involved. We'll be able, able to give some of the Get involved. I'm sure, I'll finish somewhere around 800 But yeah. we'll see how we go.
0: Um, yeah, get around us so on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok uh, at Keeper League Pod on all of those. Uh, Support our sponsors, Manscaped. Use Keeper20 at checkout. Get 20% off and free shipping. And yeah, that wraps it up. Uh, Thanks for joining me this week, Checkers. Cheers for having me on. Talk to all the listeners soon. See you later.